Another set of classic games are delisted due to expired licenses, but not for music. Plus, a band named after a popular social media term has had their trademark composed by a game developer. Tonight is November 14th, 2021, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwell. That's right. Still celebrating from the sports ball. Still happy. Still annoying everybody with the sports ball stuff here behind me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to, yet again, not a sports ball edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as uh, reminiscing about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Twitch, uh, over the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, welcome. Thank you so much. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash vognetwork, so you can join us live and interact with us directly. And I also want to mention, right here at the top, because uh, I, I didn't see any kind of promotion about it. I didn't see any tweets about it. Maybe I just missed it. But uh, very silently, this week, uh, on the 11th, which I think was Thursday, uh, Nintendo, on the Nintendo eShop, the Twitch app, free Twitch app, is now on the Nintendo Switch. So now you can watch Twitch natively on your Nintendo Switch. They launched the app on Thursday. I just I happened to go into the eShop, and there it was, and I downloaded it, and yes, it's the official Twitch app. So now you can watch this show live on the Switch Twitch app. So uh, one of the things that you cannot do in the Twitch app for uh, on the Nintendo Switch is you cannot chat and watch the video at the same time, which is something you can do on phones, you can do on the Xbox, PlayStation, uh, everything else. And I think it's because of the way the Nintendo Switch works uh, is uh, they uh, it's it's getting the raw video feed and it's it's showing that through whatever they use to to do the raw video feed. So I can tell it's like in the app and then it goes to that separate video player. That you see if you uh, if you're in the eShop or or anything else like that, uh, but you can go back out and you can see t- the chat, uh, but you can't hear the stream anymore. Uh, and then you can type in the chat and then you can load it back up. It's on the Switch now, so now you can watch Twitch on the Switch. Uh, you know, several years after we thought it should have been there, but it's there now. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. There was no fanfare for it, so I wanted to mention that. So we are on Twitch. Live on Sunday nights. If you can't be here live because this is a podcast, I completely understand. Uh, we do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com slash, slash Discord. That is where uh, you can talk throughout the week. Give me uh, suggestions of what you want me to talk about. And, uh, and, and yeah, and uh, you've heard of, an, of uh, Elf on a Shelf, and now there's uh, Twitch on a Switch. Anyway, that's, uh, that, that, that was uh, the, the first part that I wanted to put in. Anyway. Uh, we do sometimes like to read uh, about viewer comments from previous episodes, and we actually did get some from E3VL. 
uh, on a previous episode. Now that like the the last two episodes have been put up on the feed, we're all caught up. Everything. Sorry about that for the pace, uh, Facebook folks, but you know, sports ball happened. Anyway, E three VL wanted to bring up some uh, some of his thoughts on uh, on some of the previous topics. One of them was Facebook Meta. So Facebook is changing, or well, Facebook isn't changing their name. They are creating a new parent company called Meta which will have a Facebook division, an Instagram division, a WhatsApp division. Uh, and so it's, it's becoming meta. And, and uh, E3VL points out that there's already a PC parts company that has the name meta. Uh, and uh, don't know if someone can trademark meta. It's like trademarking React. Also, isn't meta a, strang, a slang word for being cool or something? Heard it used in public before. But then again, I don't hang out with fellow kids. Uh, you're thinking of the word hella, H-E-L-L-A. Uh, that's really what you're thinking of. Meta, I don't think is a slang for that. Um, now, can you trademark that name? Uh, trademarks are not universal. And we're actually going to get into this. We've got a story later on about a trademark dispute. Uh, trademarks are not uh, universal. You have to trademark for a very specific, uh, spe- specific thing. Uh, so you, when they trademark Meta, they trademark the name Meta for use in a technology company that does this. Uh, that is why, uh, like, for instance, Nissan. I'm going to use cars. You think of Nissan as an automotive company. Well, there's a dude whose name was Nissan that had a computer repair business, and he actually owns Nissan.com. That's why you can't go to Nissan.com and see about cars. But he has the trademark for Nissan Computer Company. And Nissan Automotive tried to get it, and they're like, no, it's his name, and he's doing it for a computer company. He just can't sell cars. Uh, so ni- the Nissan that runs the computer company can't do anything with automobiles. Nissan, the automobile company, can't do anything with computers. That's how it works. Uh, so it, you have to specify what areas that you want to trademark that name. Uh, there are various companies named Apple. There's Apple Computer. That makes your iPhone, and there's Apple Music that releases Beatles records. They are both trademarked in their respective industries, and that's why when Apple got when Apple Computer got into iTunes, they had to do some stuff with Apple Music because the trademark contingency was that Apple Computer would not enter the music business. Then they did. So, uh, yeah, Breakman says I'm going to trademark Bobby's name and hold it for ransom. Uh, you you can try that, but then uh, you know you can pay the lawyers. And pay my legal fees. Zen Monkey says, Meta is the slang used in the collectible card gaming uh, scene like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, etc. It's supposed to mean the game within the game, if that makes sense. Yes. Uh, and I remember that from my LARPing days when I did LARP. I LARPed uh, Mind's Eye Theater, which is Vampire the Masquerade, World of Darkness. And metagame was the term that we would use when you used information you gleaned outside of the game, outside of the night that we were actually playing the LARP, to influence the LARP itself. Like, if you're in... in Basically, your character wouldn't know this information, but you know it because you are actually real-life friends with the person playing the antagonist in your little story, whatever the the storytellers are having you do. Uh, And that's metagaming. And you're not really supposed to do that in those situations. So that's that's where I first heard the term was was when it was called metagame, and it's shortened to meta. And Questbuster says, also a good time to remember the saga of the Edge trademark and how it eventually got canceled. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more uh, a little bit later. Uh, and also, E3VO, I want to talk about Far Cry because we talked about how Far Cry 6 is sending out emails uh, taunting players 
and showing off their stats. And uh, he, he wants to pr- point out that the, the because these emails were written as if they were written by El Presidente, which is the antagonist of the game. And uh, E3VO wants us to all rem- remember that El Presidente, Presidente isn't real. That's a, I know it's a hot take. I know it's a hot take. But El Presidente is, isn't real. And also, stat tracking is not new. Fighting and got gacha games collect data all the time to balance their games. The latter is a bit controversial as it's pay to win. Uh, I would be upset if I tried to snipe a t- top-tier character just to have them nerfed next patch. Uh, example, Pokemon Unite with Gengar upgrades at launch. Also, I've seen game companies use stats to lock popular items and cosmetics behind DLC in, the fu- in its current and future games for specific characters and weapons. So, uh, so yeah, so thank you so much for those. I think E3L is even in chat, so we may hear from him again tonight, but I wanted to read out those comments from previous episodes because uh, I, I like to read those. And uh, like I said, we're in our Discord server. If you reply in Discord, I will also put it in and put it in uh, this, this area here. Uh, so Forza Horizon 5 came out, and I played a little bit more of it, a lot more of it, I should say. Uh, once it came out, we do have the Vogue Network Club, the crew. or Yeah, it's a club. It's not a crew. It's a club in this game. Uh, which is the same as our guild, free company, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so search for VOG, V-O-G. We actually have the V-O-G. We didn't have to put like a zero or an underscore or anything like that. We got there first. So the Vault of Glass fan club could not get a car club in this um, because they really, really love Destiny. Uh, so we have like, I think, six members in. Uh, so you, have, you do have to request an invite. It's not an open thing, but then I try to go in and invite you over the next day. Um, not really sure how much that's going to get us. Uh, I mean, I see there's like a club ranking and we're doing pretty well for six people. Uh, but that's about all that we get out of it. And you get the little Vogue tag when you play. So you can always be thinking about us when you play. Um, I want to mention, uh, that, uh, I came to a realization and this is an, an in-game realization, not, not a metagame realization, but this is an in-game realization. Uh, the Horizon Festival. So the premise of the game, Forza Horizon, is that there is this music festival called the Horizon Festival, and it has multiple music stages and car racing. So it's the blending of music and automotive racing, which is which is really good in the sense of like that's how they have the the, the licensed music come in, all the radio stations and all that stuff. So it's the blend of music and automotive culture, and they bring this festival to these places and bring all these people in on all these cars in. And I've realized something. The, for, the Horizon Festival is a menace to society. The Horizon Festival is one of the biggest ecological disasters that man has ever come up with. Because what they do is they uh, go, we're going to go, it's in Mexico, Forza Horizon 5 is in Mexico. And the first thing you do is you go in your car, you go in your supercar and you, you drive through all these places and you go to this historic temples, these historic Aztec, you go to Tenochtitlan, or I can't pronounce it right. I apologize. You go to the, all these historic temples, and you see like all these like they talk about the monkeys and the and all that stuff. And you're you're in there with your car, and then after you do that, they're like, "And we're going to put a big EDM music festival right in the middle of it, <laughs> right in the middle of this historic temple site." That, you know, it's been, you know, thousands of years, these ruins, and we're just going to slap a big old EDM festival right in the middle of it. And then, and then, and then, and then imagine, if you will, that you've lived in this area all your life. 
you and your family have lived in that same house all your life, multi-generational house. And you've lived there all your life. And then suddenly, like, this UK dude bro in a $10 million superstar comes by and slams into the side of your multi-generational house because there was a billboard nearby that the Horizon Festival had put up. It is a menace to society. Mike Dev says, you just realized that? It, it really drove it home for me this time around. Tireclaw says, well, it's a video game. If they did that in real life, the local government would just say no, so it's okay in a video game. I know. That's, I, I know. It's a conversation piece. SJ Wonder Matt says, uh, these countrysides, these uh, the trees are being torn apart by the festivals. Yeah, I mean, it's a ecological disaster. And, and it's the, these dude bros with these $10 million supercars going by your house and destroying your house. Apparently, like, I, I, I haven't gotten this, but apparently, like, I was reading something, and there's an achievement for ruining a barbecue. Like, there's a barbecue going on in somebody's backyard, and you get an achievement if you, like, sideswipe through it. And Mike Def says, the thing is, that's actually happening in real life with real estate companies and other global conglomerates. So anyway, the Horizon Festival, Menace to Society... Uh, do not allow it in your place. Uh, hopefully it stays in the video game. It hopefully it does not come out of the video game and come into the real world because uh, it's uh, it destroys areas. That being said, I hope Forza Horizon 6 is in Japan because I really want to visit Japan. And they have a big EDM festival right in the middle of like a big historic temple. That'd be great. Yeah, SJ Matt says there's a festival quest where you have to destroy 100 cacti. Yes, and and the actual skill name for that is Schmactus, as in smacking the, the cactus. The other thing that I wanted to point out is uh, that there's an accessibility option that, uh, that uh, I, I wanted to point out because I think this is actually kind of a cool accessibility option. So a lot of times we talk about, like, accessibility in games. Uh, and you know, how do you, how do you do that? How do you scale, uh, the games without making it quote unquote easy? So, um, one of the things that they do is, uh, they have a, a, a setting here in the settings in accessibility, uh, called offline game speed. And it starts at a hundred and it could go all the way down to 40. And so what this does is this slows down all of the physics down to like down to 40 to 40% speed. All the audio stays the same. All the speeds stay, stay the same, but everything's happening slower. So if you have a slower reaction time, you can still play. Now it doesn't mean that your car handles at regular speed. Um, it, it doesn't mean that your car handles at regular speed. Uh, while everything else is slowed down. No, you are slowed down as well. And what this... So it doesn't technically make the game easier. It doesn't make the car other cars slower. It makes everything slower so you can react more. It's still difficult to play in this mode, especially if you've been playing at 100% speed the whole time. But it gives a type of accessibility that doesn't lower the game difficulty. It just makes it a little bit easier for someone who maybe needs a little bit more time of reaction speed to play. I did try using it. It did not make it better for me when I was trying to beat a hard ra uh, a race that where they, they forced me into like upper 
higher end uh, drive guitars because it was a one of the Fortsathon showcases, so they kind of locked in the the difficulty. Um, I cheesed it by tuning my car after entering the race, uh, so my car was then better than everyone else's. But if you start off with that tuned car, all the other drivatars are tuned as well, so you have to start off with a bad car and then up it, and it doesn't reset. They'll probably patch that bug now that I said that. Not not that anybody from Playground Games watches the show, but um, it's there. It's an accessibility option. Tyreclaw says, so it's not like bullet time where you move more... Uh, normal speed while everything is slow. No, you are also moving slow, but it means you have more time to make those split second decisions. And then, but it also takes more time for those decisions to play out. So, uh, it it was, I've actually never seen that really done in the game. And it's a game where like it's designed where you go fast and here they are giving you the ability to slow it down. So, uh, I, I thought that was interesting. Now I, the way I saw this, the way I saw this video was because it was uh, tweeted about, about, uh, and it, it goes back to a different video game that's not a racing game. You know where this is going, uh, uh, Dark Souls. And um, where the developer, the, the creator of Dark Souls has said, no, I'm never putting in difficulty options. I'm never going to have an easy mode. So let's go ahead and get that out of the way that it's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. The developer does not want there to be any kind of difficulty level or, or a difficulty change or anything. It is going to be a hard game, period, paragraph, end of story. Now let, now that we've gotten that out, now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, it was brought up that you know this is something that Dark Souls could do. Instead of changing the hit points of the boss or changing the, you know, the squishiness of the main character, the protagonist, or anything, you could just have something where it slows everything down so you have a little bit more time. Uh, for people who maybe need that for their reflexes, and they can still have the game. Now, uh, there was actually, and, and obviously everybody who loves Dark Souls is very against this idea because they hate the idea of there being any difficulty options. And I never understood why, other than just trolling for being trolling. Until there was one comment on this tweet thread. And once again, I'm not going to read who it is, or anything, but they actually said something that I actually said in my head. I'm like, I can understand that. That makes sense. But. So what they said is the reason I don't want Dark Souls, and this is this person talking, the reason I don't want Dark Souls to have any kind of accessibility options like the one that I just showed in Forza Horizon 5, uh, or basically having any kind of difficulty options at all, like an easy mode or whatever, is because the whole point of Dark Souls is that you are facing insurmountable odds and you have to repeat, 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 and it's so satisfying after you spent 10 hours trying to figure out how to beat a boss, you get that time to beat the boss. When you beat the boss, you have that feeling of overwhelming feeling that you get for beating the boss, and that is translated to your character. Now, what they said is, if there was a difficulty option in the game... Instead of spending that 10 hours and getting that immense satisfaction of breaking the boss, of beating the boss finally, they would just, after about 20 minutes, go into the difficulty, turn it down to an easier difficulty, beat the boss, move on, and they would not have had the exact same experience because they wouldn't have had that sense of accomplishment that they had after the 10 hours of frustrating repetition that they had. And that's why they don't want the option to exist. Essentially, they don't want the option to exist because they are afraid that they're going to use it. And my response to that 
is that sounds like a you problem. If you are not strong enough, strong-willed enough as a gamer to not touch the difficulty setting down from the hardest difficulty, why are you punishing other people who are not as able-bodied as you are? Why, why must they suffer because you are not strong enough to not change the difficulty at the first sign of frustration? But that's, that is the first time I've heard somebody actually accurately say, this is why I don't want the option to exist. And it's basically because I'm afraid I will use it. The developer of Dark Souls says he's never going to include a difficulty option. So, like, the, 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 the point is moot because, like, we can sit here and talk about it all we want. But there are ways to make games easier without changing hit point levels or, or, or uh, you know, or defense levels or AI or anything. Because what I showed with Forza Horizon 5 with the game speed, the cars are just as fast as they were. The car, the 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 drivatars behave exactly as they would at normal speed. Everything's the same. All the physics are the same. It's just going slower, so you can react more ahead of time. Questbuster says, uh, as someone who played all the Souls games, I wouldn't mind difficulty settings at all if it because it's completely my choice whether or not to use them, just as it is to build my character one way or another. So anyway, Forza Horizon Five. Ultimately, I, I, uh, I I'm still loving it. I am almost I've un- almost unlocked all of the festival events. Um I'm like at the last couple, but the good thing is you can do whatever you want. Uh and if you are overwhelmed, if you are overwhelmed with all the things on the map, what you do is when you open up the map, use the right bumper and you can then turn turn off all because that this basically a filter and go find like the one thing you want to do. Like if you just want to do road races, go down to road races, turn it on and then on your map that's all it's going to show. So if you're overwhelmed with the thousands of events that show up on the map, do that, decide okay, I just feel like doing road races or I just feel like doing dirt races or whatever. You can take those out. You don't actually have to do the stories if you don't want, which basically have like nine chapters and a one, two, three star type of system. You can complete the game, get into the Hall of Fame, which is the the object of the main game. Uh, you can do that doing whatever you want. So uh, th- there's your pro tip is, uh, you know, there is a filtering option. Uh, it's on the world map. Uh, usually what I do is I filter, since I'm giving pro tips, I filter to whatever I want to do, like road races. I actually finished all the road races. Road races and XP boards, because as you drive by an XP board or a fast travel board, it will put it on the map. And it even does that if you drive by them in a race. So uh, I usually have those on, and that way they show, because also it filters it on the mini-map when you're playing the game. So uh, that that's a good way of kind of paring it down so it's not as overwhelming, so you can figure out what you want to do uh, when you play the game. Uh, and Tiger Claw says some games will let you finish the main story and then you can do the side stories later. You can do whatever you want. Um, even by just like visiting areas, you're getting some accolade points uh, to, to be able to unlock more stuff. Uh, but yeah, you, you don't even have to touch any of the stories or you could do just the stories and not do any of the races and and complete the game that way. And Pop Culture says there's a treasure map, but you have to pay for that. That is added DLC. It does not come in the Ultimate Edition. Uh, and so, uh, you, you don't need the treasure map, but if you want it, it's there and the option is there and I'm happy for that. The Breakman says a pro tip from the guy who gave us Bobby Blackwolf mode. Your miles may vary. There we go. 
I'm still learning my soundboard. Thank you, Breakman. One of the places that we use uh, 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 we use heavily, we talk about, is Discord. And uh, uh, Discord uh, came in under fire this week because of uh, cryptocurrency. So this is another one of those things I don't actually put in the title uh, because I don't want crypto bros coming in here to talk about the, 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 their lord and savior, the NFT. Uh, but uh, Discord was about to implement NFTs, and they have uh, backed off for now. This was brought up in our Discord, ironically enough. Uh, but uh, Engadget reports that uh, Discord doesn't have any impending plans to add NFT integrations, according to CEO Jason Citron. The clarification came on Wednesday following days of unrest, stemming from a tweet Citron shared on November 8th. Replying to a message from investor Packy McCormick, the executive posted a screenshot of an unreleased Discord uh, build with integrations to MetaMask and Wallet Connect, the cryptocurrency wallet apps. Probably nothing, he said at the time, as TechCrunch points out that shorthand in the NFT community for something that's about to be a big deal. And it was, but not in the way that Citron had imagined it would be. Uh, so, quote, uh, thanks for all the perspectives, everyone. We have no current plans to ship this internal concept. For now, we're focusing on protecting users from spam, scams, and fraud. Web3 is lots of good, but also lots of problems we need to work out at our sale more soon, unquote. Um, that's what he tweeted on the 11th. There also was a survey going out and, uh, one of the surveys and it was verified to be from discord was, have you heard of NFTs? And it was, the answers were like, I have never heard of them. I know of them and think they're cool. I have NFTs. There was no, I know of them and don't like them. It was either. I've never heard of them or I have heard of them and love them or I have them and I love them. That also got a lot of people uh, upset. So uh, a lot of people were saying they were going to cancel their Nitro subscriptions uh, if they added crypto integrations. And uh, because a lot, a lot of people uh, are upset about the environmental impacts of cryptocurrency that is adding to, uh, because I understand some people will say, well, you know, mining crypto is let, takes less energy than the banks take to do our normal stuff. And, but yeah, it's added, but you're adding to it. Like, the banks aren't going away. Maybe if, like, the banks stopped working and all we were doing was crypto, then it'd be fine. But but uh, th there's a lot of people that are upset about the, the, the environmental implications. And also, the reason one of the reasons it's really hard to get a good graphics card right now is because all the crypto miners buy them first. And they have more money than we do because they have a monkey avatar that they sold or something. I don't know. According to gaming news curator Ryan Brown, Citron's tweet caused internal dissent among Discord staff and led some studios to threaten to take their communities elsewhere. The backlash was such that by Wednesday, Citron and Discord were forced to issue a response uh, and uh, that they were pausing. They were basically have no plans to do it right now. This is not a stop. They're not canceling. They're just saying, OK, we just won't do it right now. We're going to wait. We're going to wait for it to be better. But the people who are in the NFT space, they saw the screenshot. They know it's coming. They know they know it's there, so you know they're going to just bide their time while the general public gets it out of their system. In a statement to Engadget, Discord uh, shared an additional clarification. Quote, we appreciate all the perspectives we've been hearing in response to the internal concept. You may have seen in a tweet earlier this week and want to clarify that we have no plans to ship it at this time. Uh, we're excited about the potential for Web3 technology and the positive ways these communities are coming together on Discord, especially those organized around environmentally friendly, creator-focused projects. However, we recognize that there are problems we need to work through for now. We're focused on protecting users from spam, scams, and fraud, unquote. 
I love the fact that we're calling it Web three, even though like technically social media was supposed to be Web three point I think because like Web point one point was like static pages, and Web two point was more dynamic pages that you could actually do things on more than just read. And then like Web three was supposed to be the sharing aspect or something, but I guess now Web three is crypto is about money. I don't know, but anyway, Discord has said that they're not doing it yet. But they've thought about it. But that being said, that being said, a lot of companies think about a lot of things and investigate a lot of things before going away from them. We're sitting here. We've been we spent the past 10 minutes talking about an Xbox game. Well, I don't know if you remember this. Some of you probably do. But when the Xbox one was launched and they were designing the Xbox one, they were thinking about making it an always online console so they could regulate used game sales and all that stuff. They thought about it. They backtracked from it. They haven't exactly gone back to it yet, but we all forgave them. But they still did it. And so Discord also thought about this, and maybe their CEO talked a little bit too much uh, and shared a little bit too much. They showed their hand a little bit too early. And so they're walking it back for now, but they will probably have it in the next couple of years. It's going to happen. And really, being able to use a cryptocurrency wallet to get Detroit, Discord Nitro subscriptions, that's not the same as peddling NFTs. And E3VL says, uh, depends on what the investors want. And I think the thing is, you got to realize investors in like companies and the stock market, uh, crypto and Bitcoin and, and NFT is like instant money for a company right now. If Vogue Network... If we went out to investors and said, hey, Vogue Network, Voice of Geeks Network, we're going to create content. Um, we're we're going to create content and release it as NFTs, and we're going to do this, and we're proven content creators, blah, blah, blah. We would probably get some investors. We aren't going to do that. So uh, that's really what it is. It's a buzzword to get investing funding uh, right now. That's why everybody's talking about NFTs right now. And I have more thoughts about NFTs and gaming. Uh, but um, that's for another show because I, I, I have more perspectives on game items as, as NFTs, uh, which make no sense as a long-term value proposition. Speaking of long-term value, Konami was in the news. This actually happened last week during my show, and I didn't see it until after. So Orange Launch Radio actually brought this up uh, as breaking news last week. But uh, because I talk about licenses and uh, Konami, which has made a lot of missteps to gamers, but they're very profitable in their main business, which is slot machines and pachinko machines and and that gaming industry. Uh, So they're doing fine. They're just not doing fine in the sense of what we look at them as doing fine. Um, There is a temporary removal of Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 3 from digital storefronts on the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Nintendo 3DS, and etc., which we'll get into in a second. Um, so there are licenses for select historical archive footage used in these games that have expired. Uh, they have made the temporary decision to uh, susp- begin suspending the sale of Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 and all products that include these games from digital storefronts globally starting on November 8th. 
Uh, so the products are for the PlayStation 3, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty HD Edition, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater HD Edition, and Metal Gear Solid HD Edition. On the PlayStation Vita, because they still have to remember the Vita exists, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty HD Edition, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater HD Edition, and Metal Gear Solid HD Collection. PlayStation Now, Metal Gear Solid HD Collection. It's going away. Xbox 360 HD Edition one, uh, 2 and 3. Nintendo 3DS Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater 3D, so the 3DS version. GOG.com Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance. Uh, and then on the NVIDIA Shield, Metal Gear Solid 2 HD for Shield TV and Metal Gear Solid 3 HD for Shield TV. So uh, since we made the PlayStation 3 and Vita stores stay online, that's why they have to remove them now because they were like, oh, the stores will be gone by then anyway. They can't do it. And Dark Sasia says, seems like Konami isn't that good about this copyright stuff. There was one DDR song that had to be completely rewritten back in 2009 when the rights expired. So um, I hate to break it to you, but all licenses that are worth anything are not in perpetuity. They are always, every single one of them are always for a specific period of time. Now, what probably happened with two and three is they probably made a very long, they're like, we're going to get 15 year licenses or 10 year licenses, probably 15 for these. We're going to get a 15 year license for this. And back then in the mid two thousands, there wasn't that much digital stuff going on. They were still selling physical products. And so in 15 years, there are going to be no new copies of Metal Gear Solid 2 on store shelves or Metal Gear Solid 3 on store shelves. 15 years is more than enough time. But now that we are in this digital storefront, now that that is uh, is around and the storefronts for these 15-year-old consoles are still online and still operational, we are now seeing the, oh, I guess 15 years wasn't enough for this footage. And Questbuster says not all of the historical footage out there is necessarily in the public domain just because it's old. Uh, yeah, no, you don't enter the public domain until like, what, 75 years after the death of the person who did it or something like I don't know. Disney changes it all the time. But uh, most historical footage is not in the public domain. So, Dark Tessia sa uh, says uh, Metal Gear Solid Two recently celebrated its twentieth anniversary. So, uh, like, it could be an, it could have been a twenty year. Like, they're like, yeah, twenty years. Uh, the footage and and also it's also one of the other things is the rights may not have expired yet. They may be expiring at the end of the year. And Konami is trying to do a good faith negotiation, saying, "Hey, look, we pulled it off from sale, but we would like to relicense. Here's the the numbers and stuff." And the other thing is. Um, they may be trying to renegotiate at a lower rate because licensing deals cost a lot. Ask EA. Uh, EA is losing the FIFA license because FIFA has decided that their brand is worth a lot more now. And even though FIFA Ultimate Team is the biggest moneymaker at EA, they can't afford the new FIFA license, the new exclusive FIFA license. Um, so they may be trying to talk down because they're not going to make as many sales on two and three. So they don't want to pay the existing licensing fee that they already paid because they're not going to make that money back. So they're probably trying to renegotiate the price to relicense the footage at a lower price because these are older games that aren't going to make as much money anymore. So the Breakman says, developers didn't expect any of this 15 years ago. To be fair, I don't think many people did. 
Yeah, I don't think many people like the retro craze hadn't even hit yet then. It's like some people liked it, but it wasn't as big of a deal 15 years ago. Like uh, other than like, you know, the Wii Virtual Console was showing up. But like re- nobody thought that people would still be trying to buy Metal Gear Solid 2 on the PlayStation 3 20 years after it came out. They're working on it, but it's it's interesting to, that it's not a a music thing this time because it had all original music, and they probably ha- they own that music, so they have that right in perpetuity. But other people's stuff, uh, I would not give the rights if I wrote a song. I would not give the rights to it in to be sold in perpetuity. It would have to be for a certain time, um, because that's my right as an artist. If I was writing music, I don't write music anymore. So the good news is you don't have to worry about that. Speaking of music, real quick, um, there is a, a band, a metal band that wanted to be created uh, that that mentioned uh, that, that uses a term that we started using last year on uh, on 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 social media, and uh, a video game company said, "No, no, 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 no! You use the same four letters in the same sequence that we did, so you can't do that anymore." Uh, Wired reports that Dustin Mitchell was scanning the local news one day when, when inspiration stuck. Struck in an unlikely article. The report was a woman, the woman who said, uh, all I did was doom scroll after she did something because of what social media did. Uh, so the ver- voracious consumption of disastrous news on social media. Um, and uh, Mitchell said that's a that's a killer name for a band. So um, he, uh, he 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 this person uh, started like they started a metal band called Doom Scroll. Because that sounds like a very metal band. And so in one of the things he did was he filed for a trademark. Uh, and it's his first trademark ever with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office for the word Doom Scroll in the, in the sense of a musical band that performs music. And then he re- received an email uh, acknowledging that the trademark would go through in 30 days and then officially publish. And then uh, it would become Mitchell's alone to protect and exploit as a band name and an entertainment property. Um and uh, also, he registered some domains for it and everything. Uh, in October, uh, he got an email uh, saying, it got from a lawyer saying, quote, Dear Mr. Mitchell, my law firm re- represents id Software LLC, which owns the video game Doom and re- related registered trademarks. Um, unquote. And that was the day that it was uh, the deadline for anybody to oppose. And they, uh, the, the, the uh, lawyer asked Mitchell to agree to extend the deadline. Uh, and um, then they could reach a resolution before any legal action was taken. It's it's interesting that they're going after this because it's not Doom, it's Doom Scroll, and there was the people are bringing up Tim Langdell and the Edge trademark, um, you know, and it's a little bit of that. There was also Scrolls from Bethesda because uh, Elder Scrolls, and they try to stop something from Scrolls. But this is those those four letters inside another word. Where they, they and so apparently some some lawyer at id software thinks that somebody's going to confuse Doom Scroll with the video game Doom because Doom uh, does have metal music in it. Tireclaw asks, "Can id software take ownership of the word Doom, which is a common word? They have the trademark for Doom for video games, and they have the trademark for Doom for entertainment properties. The movie Doom, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson, was licensed." from id software they do own that trademark it has been granted to them uh and but they can't they can't take it over everywhere but they can for very specific things um now the thing is he uh this band it sounds like he trademarked it for music 
which is what he could do, but also the other entertainment purposes. That is probably where id Software is like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. So they can file a, a, a dispute, and then now lawyers get involved to see if they can actually do it. So, uh, and that's a very expensive thing. Who knows if uh, if, if if they're even going to go to this point? He may be like, "Well, that was fun, uh, but I guess not." So, right now, the fate of Doom Scroll is in the hands of id Software and the Patent Office. The trademark trial and appeal board is processing the Doom developers' opposition. A hefty trial schedule was sent out mid October, which stretches deep into twenty twenty three. It may not be that id Software even wants the Doom Scroll trademark. It might just not want Mitchell to form a progressive thrash metal band that maybe someone will confuse with the storied game series, especially if that thrash metal band plays uh, E1M1 from Dune, Doom, um, which, by the way, is a car horn in Forza Horizon 5. I have not unlocked it yet, but if you can actually play E1M1 from Doom on your car horn in Forza Horizon 5 in both low and high notes. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. So normally we take a quick music break, but I'm not going to do that. But I do have a great music break, so I'm just going to keep pushing it off until the next week. So people here live. um, But uh, we also like to take calls. And guess what? We actually have a call tonight. So I wanted to uh, bring this on because this is also a very timely call. Uh, So uh, Bobby Blackwell Show, you are on the air. Who is this? Hey, this is Act Deft. Act Deft. What's up, man? Or rather, Mike Daft. Well, Mike you know Daft. me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we we can talk about uh, my my assignment for this week, which was playing Forza Horizon Five. Yes, yes, because you actually do live in Mexico. I just want to kind of give some background. You actually do live in Mexico. You're from there from all your life. Uh, and so I was kind of asking, like, how? So I guess the thing is, you did your homework. So how is it portraying your country in knowing it's a video game and in ecological disaster putting an edm festival in the <laughs> middle of of ancient mayan ruins you know but but how is it like how do you feel as somebody from there seeing your country represented in this manner well starting off of that there's actually uh, a location within forza horizon 5 which is baja california mm-hmm. which is where i live actually it's mm-hmm. like my actually home state mm-hmm. so seeing that Basically, and studying, and then basically the the game starts you from there. It's like I'm seeing everything, and I'm th- this is this is basically where I live. This is I, I have seen this. this is basically why while while I was playing the first uh, uh the the intro of the game, I was like, oh my god, I I know this place. I have seen this. I recognize pretty much everything, even though it's not necessarily the same. Mm-hmm. It's like seeing the my my hometown, my home place, mm-hmm. basically uh, as, as a video game, and and that's basically pretty awesome. It's it's like so amazing, uh, and especially because <laughs> most of my game time has been spent on that place alone. Mm-hmm. I haven't visited the the other places that much. I haven't explored that much uh, in the game, but but seeing that and seeing like uh, the desert, the 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 coast area. Seeing all that stuff, it's like, it's like I, it's, I'm seeing what I have seen before. It's like, it's like having, it's like going an hour into the road by myself, but I don't have to go outside. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So that how about how about the other portions of the game, like the more cultural portions and stuff? Because I, I have thoughts on this, but I'm not from Mexico, so I want to hear what you think, and then I'll kind of give my thoughts and see if you see the same thing I do. But more like Curiously, the story. Yeah, yeah. Curiously, I was thinking about the cultural aspect, and this uh, there's there's uh, there's some stuff that that's obviously cultural, like. Like one of the first uh, stuff you can do in the game is find one of the hidden cars or the classic cars, mm -hmm. and it's a, a Volkswagen Beetle, uh, a, the one of the old ones, the old model. Uh, I I don't know if they say the same uh, or use the same language or slang, but uh, at least in the Mexican dub or Latin American dub of the game, they call it bocho. Yes, uh, I don't. Okay. So, what, so well, so what yeah. they do in the English version, especially if if you have subtitles on, the character will speak a phrase in Spanish, and in the English subtitles, it will actually translate it to English. But they're speaking in Spanish, like a word or two or a phrase. Mm -hmm. So that that's how they do it in the English dub. Anyway, continue. But yeah, but for example, that just a, a bocho or a Volkswagen Beetle is like an an iconic car in Mexico. It's like. Uh, since it was a, a really cheap car, mm -hmm. really, uh, and and basically, despite the small size, it, it could probably fit a lot of people in there. Uh, we 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 use we use the term back in the day of of sardine cars mm -hmm. or auto sardina. So basically, it's like oh, fit, fit all every single people you know in, in a car, and and a bocho is basically uh, an iconic of that. But it's also used in races or was used in races. And and you could see like uh, people like restoring them, modify them. So it's a really iconic car, and that's one of the first cars you find. But there's others, uh, other cars. One of the ones I find or found rather uh, was the the Toyota uh, T100, mm -hmm. which is uh, known in the racing or the off-road racing uh, uh, scene as a trophy truck. Mm -hmm. And and that car in particular, that model in particular, is uh, most if if people know their video game history and know their their arcade games from back in the day, like in the early '90s or late '80s, you'll probably recognize that car from the game Super Off Road. Mm -hmm. And it's the same car because that's the same car. Uh, uh, I forgot the name, but it, he was yeah. uh, he went by Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty much the same trophy track. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, in, oh my god, that's, that's <laughs> I was so excited to see the, that car mm -hmm. because it's also one of the one uh, uh, one of the cars basically uh, in the local area here where I live yeah. that most people recognize. It's, it's like yeah. if I if I if nobody like oh they don't play video games, but if I show them the image of the car, they they will recognize it. Ivan that, Stewart, like, by the way. Ivan yeah, Stewart. Thanks. Thank you, uh, Dark Tatsia. Um, so, no. So what they actually have is, uh, like like about the Vocho, which they actually do use that term and say that's what we call the Volkswagen Beetle, and she goes into that in the English dub. There is actually now a ten, like a nine-chapter story all about yeah. her and her dad's Volkswagen Beetle, which is the one that you found in the, in the barn. Uh, and I haven't gone through the whole thing, but it t they a lot of times in those stories, knowing from previous Forza Horizons, that they'll, they'll tell the story while you're doing this stuff. Uh, and they have, have those a lot. What, what kind of was weird for me, not being Mexican, and more playing as a Forza Horizon player, is that, like, in the beginning, it's all about, you know, like, they really celebrate Mexican culture and stuff, and some of the first things you do, it's there. 
And then it just becomes, hey, we're a bunch of people from the UK and we're here in Mexico and let's race. Like and it's it's really like evident in the uh, in the radio stations because they kept all the radio yeah. DJs from previous Forza Horizons and they're like yeah I mean last time we were in the UK and now and they're doing British accents and I can't do a British accent so I'm not doing it but pretend it's in a British accent and they're like and we're here in Mexico and I just want to go you know but it's very much okay our UK superstar which is you like you can't be an American superstar or a Mexican superstar or anything else you are the UK superstar. Uh, and if you play with the male voice, you sound like James Corden. Uh, and but it was like at the beginning, it did well, and then it's just like, all right, now we're UK people just racing in a locale. locale. Did has that come up for you yet, or have you seen that yet, or are you still kind of in the more of the we're going hard in the first couple hours phase? Yeah, basically, I haven't advanced too much in the story, mm-hmm. but something in, in that sense on, on the cultural aspect is that I think that's for the better. Okay. I'd rather not them focus on maybe screwing something up mm-hmm. in terms of cultural sense, but in the terms of like aesthetics, architecture, the uh, the fauna, it's like uh, the environment, basically. It's like, it's perfect like it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't mind it being like that. And and yeah, the, like throw something like, again, the, the Bocho story, which is, they talk about family and all that stuff, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's uh, it's something uh, Mexicans like, yeah, can relate to basically, but yeah, just leave it like that. Leave it, mm-hmm. okay, just a mention, just a simple story, and and focus on what they, makes the game good, which is <laughs> racing. And I yeah. and I think hearing from you, it's like, yeah, it's it's it should be like that. I I don't mm-hmm. mind them. And it is it is weird because I'm playing the the Latin American dub, and they, obviously they talk in Spanish. They mm-hmm. don't say, "Oh, we're from the UK" or "We're right. from like from other places." But it's weird for for them to say, "Oh, we're in Mexico. We came to Mexico." So it's like that's kind of weirding me out. But at the same time, I'm getting used to it, so okay. it's it's not a big of a deal, right? But yeah, it's like I I think it's better like that. Yeah, at least. And I did remember reading like that throughout the entire development of the game, they actually had like Mexican cultural representatives on the dev staff going through everything and stuff. So they took very great, a lot of great care uh, in it. And I think it does a great job and stuff. And that's, you know, that's interesting. And then then what you're saying is at that point, just make it about the racing and just like have a lot of the Mexican culture in there uh, instead of kind of throwing it in the face. And like that way, it's a little bit easier for people to, I guess get immersed in the culture and learn something when they're, you know, not expecting it, I guess. Yeah, basically, I think that that works okay for the game. Mm-hmm. And especially with Forza, and I mean, especially Forza Horizon, which is more of a, of the environment. It's more of checking out the yeah. places, racing and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So trying to, like, force it in, in a way, it, it, it probably would be, like, it wouldn't work, basically. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, think- in, in- yeah. Uh, before I I end the call, it's uh, do play this on an Xbox Series, either okay. the S or the X. Yeah, I'm playing on an Xbox One, mm-hmm. and the load times are horrendous. Yeah, they're very bad, <laughs> way too bad. But the game runs pretty fine, at least when you're we're playing, and it looks so good. Mm-hmm. But do play this on a Series or a P- on PC, right? Because the load times are 
way too much. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for your call. I do appreciate it. And thank you for understanding the assignment and doing some homework. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, so coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vog network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. Uh, and uh, we like to check in with them real quick and see uh, what they're going to be talking about tonight and what they have been playing. Uh, so we like to check in with them. So uh, Sacramento, are you there? Yes. Hi, I'm here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. So have you uh, opened up uh, the, the greatness that is Forza Horizon yet? You know, you already know the answer because you see me in the club. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I see you in the club. Yeah. Now, it's it's, <laughs> yes, it's not do. that hopping. It's not that hopping. Uh, so what what are your your early impressions of, of the fifth installment here? Um, I'm not sure there's a lot extra I can I can really say that that you guys haven't already got into it's it's a it's a gorgeous game it's um you know just a, a really it, it's nice that the game gives you so much to do I you know in some of the early chapters of Forza I used to get really uh, easily overwhelmed by how much there is to do but I think you kind of have to remember the object of the game isn't necessarily to do every single thing well I mean for some people that's the object of the game um, but it's just neat that the game gives you so many different types of options, you know, and I, it, like today I came across an area where I was like, wait a minute, is this like straight up a PVP zone where you can like do like King of the Hill matches with other cars and weird stuff. And I think the fact that there's so many unique, interesting little oddities that you can kind of play Forza the way you want to do it is what makes the game so great. And honestly, I am really excited to see, I mean, the bar is very high for playgrounds take on the fable series um and i know we shouldn't set our expectations too high but honestly they've only done it to themselves and it is the same engine that they're using yeah you know and i can see it can't you see it like yeah yes it's weird that it's not going to be a racing game but i can see it for sure Mm -hmm. yeah because they have the dense environments the dense jungle environments and stuff that they can Mm -hmm. do or the the wide open areas where you can see the mountain in the distance and then you can go climb that mountain. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 I've got high expectations too for that because I also love the fable series. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it a whole lot. Um, I, we don't have that much time, but I know, and I'm, the reason I didn't talk about this story is because I figured you or Loki or both would talk about this, but what's going on with Grand Theft Auto? What's going on with Cyberpunk? What's uh-huh. going on with Mass Effect Andromeda? What's going on with, you know, many releases that come out and they are just not finished quality products? Um, and we can, you know, talk in circles again about the whole. Oh, the QA team probably did, in fact, catch these bugs, mm-hmm. but the, um, you know, the executives decided too bad. The game yeah. needs to ship anyway. Um, that behavior has to end. And yeah. if Cyberpunk didn't make an example of that for the industry, I, I, I feel no sympathy for Take-Two, yeah. uh, at least the executives anyway in this mm-hmm. situation. I, I do feel it a lot harder for the hardworking frontline employees, as usual, um, having to wade through an Internet full of comments that they probably don't deserve. Um, that were brought on by managers that don't know what yeah. the uh, removing words because this is the Bobby Blackwell show. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So I figure, like, you, you because like it's uh, people are fi- even finding old stuff that got removed. Like, are we going to see some disbarred lawyer like rise from the ashes 
of the Florida bar and like come right back because like they found those files in this on the switch on the Nintendo switch. He probably got COVID. <laughs> Let's be real. So uh, I, I assume that's going to be on the show roll because I know Loki has been kind of watching some of that stuff. Um, what else are you going to be talking about tonight? Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about, oh, actually, actually, Bobby, something you posted about in our Discord. Let's mm-hmm. talk about what's going on with Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. I know we never talk about this game, but yeah. um, unfortunately, uh, a, a situation that we hate to see on Twitch is coming back. Um, thanks to the latest uh, public test build that happened in Dead by Daylight. There's some exciting stuff about new characters coming to the game, but unfortunately, through the test environment, um, there are some streamers that are getting DDoSed and worse. What can behavior do about it, if anything? And we're going to talk about there's a lot of people demanding answers from behavior. I'm not sure they can do anything. This is an issue that is going to take action. needs action at a much higher level. We'll talk about that tonight. And to clarify, behavior is the name of the studio, because when you said, what can behavior do about that? I'm like, well, that's a philosophical question right there. No, that's sorry. It's the name of the studio. Thank you. for Yes. (laughs) Behavior is the studio. Yes. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Uh, and remember, uh, you, you've heard of Elf on a Shelf. How about uh, Twitch on a Switch? Because uh, now the Nintendo Switch has a Twitch app. It just released this past Thursday. So now you can watch us on your Switch if you are able to. But we're a podcast, and we've got a Discord, vognetworkcom slash Discord. That is where we are. Uh, throughout the week, and you can post stories in there uh, to either my show or OLRs, and you notice I, I give one to OLR. Um, so I'm on Twitter at Bobby Blackwolf, uh, or uh, or uh, here on Twitch sometimes at Bobby Blackwolf. Uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. Uh, but we would uh, we really appreciate those who go above and beyond. Then uh, you know, just watching and just being here. Uh, and just listening or just downloading. That's really all we really ask. But thank you so much to Fat Ninja DM who has resubscribed. Thank you so much uh, for, for the resubscription on Twitch. Uh, and that, that goes a long way. So thank you so much for that. Uh, I am going to go ahead and hit the button that says well, we're going to get out of here uh, so I can go listen to OLR and then go play some more Forza Horizon 5 and go destroy more, sh- more cacti and other ecological landmarks in Mexico with my $10 million supercar. I'll see you later. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.